Hello, podcast world. Welcome to another bonus episode of Run Chats with Ron Runs NYC. A few weeks back, I had the honor to be interviewed by Lorna Campbell, the head of communications for the Abbott World Marathon Major Series. Lorna started interviewing fellow six-star finishers from around the globe, catching up with them and what they've been up to in COVID times, with races being put on the shelf for the year 2020. We had such an interesting conversation. Uh, Lorna was most interested in hearing how I trained to be able to be one of seven people in the world to actually complete all six in the calendar year 2019, what I did to remain so consistent amongst the six races, uh, being fortunate enough to average 315 amongst all six of them never being more than a minute apart, um, what kind of what went into that from my side, um, what were my favorite races, were the most fun experiences, um, and just all about Abbott, the six-star journey, six-star series. And anybody who follows my pod or my Instagram page knows that I am just a huge fan of everything Abbott, six-star related. And I try to encourage runners from around the globe to uh, take part in that journey and, and be part of that experience uh, because it's such a fulfilling endeavor to complete it. So it was just such a fun conversation talking about the individual races, runners you meet across the globe, and what it's like from her, her perspective as an executive with Abbott. Um, so it was very, very interesting and fun conversation for me to talk all things Six Star, all things Abbott. Uh, with Lorna. Uh, what I also enjoyed quite a bit is she asked what I've been up to outside of running um, during COVID-19. And we um, were able to take a pretty deep dive in on different charitable endeavors that I've been involved with um, for feeding frontline healthcare workers here um, in the New York, New Jersey uh, area, uh, which was impacted so greatly. So this was really an enjoyable conversation. And I have to say, Lorna's Scottish accent is the absolute best. So I hope you all enjoy her accent and our conversation as much as we did. So let's dive on in and take a listen. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Abbott World Marathon Majors in Conversation With. And this week we welcome another six-star finisher and head over to the state of New Jersey in the United States to say hello to the lovely Ron Romano. Ron, thank you for making time for us today. Oh my gosh, it's my pleasure. What an honor to be on the show with you, Lorna. And I'm sure you've heard this before, but people love your accent. <laughs> I can't change it, so I'll say thank you and move on. <laughs> yeah, keep it. Don't change it. Um, Ron, let's kick off. Just tell everybody a little bit about Ron Romano, all things running and everything else. Okay. Um, well, I live in the state of New Jersey. As you said, I'm in Weehawken, New Jersey. For those who don't know uh, the Northeast Coast area in the U.S., it's right across the river from New York City, a short four-minute ferry ride. So it's the best of all worlds. I lived in Manhattan for you know 20-plus years and worked there for my entire business career. So I'm still there regularly. But when I want to escape the hills of Central Park, I now have flat runs with magnificent views of all the downtown skyscrapers and remarkable sunset shots. So it's been a nice transition for me uh, moving over here. Um, I work in healthcare technology for my business life, um, and that keeps me busy and focused. And, you know, I've run 57 marathons. And counting. Wow. Yes, we're not stopping. We're gonna we're just gonna <laughs> keep going. Even if we can't run a, official ones, you know, I still have my own little game going on. So we'll we'll just keep after it. 
Yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna come to that in in a little in a little while. Um, now we came to know you really well um, just last year, which seems like so long ago in 2019, when you were able to complete quite an impressive feat physically and logistically in completing all six of the majors in one year. So please tell us about that. Well, that I think um, when it happened, Lorna, or while it was happening, you know, it just seemed like it was, wasn't really all that big of a deal. Um, you know, it was fun and it was adventurous as, as all hell, um, getting on those planes and riding across to Tokyo and Berlin and all these great different countries. Um, I think the most exciting part is just meeting up with your friends from all around the world. You get to the expo, you see the avid people, you check in, you say hi to Judy yourself and you see your running friends from all over. But as it was happening, really didn't seem like that big of a deal to me. I'm, I like distance running. I like marathon running. And I think I've been kind of training for something like this um, to continue to do them in a string like that for a while and just maybe didn't even know it. Um, but obviously with the year 2020 hitting us and you gain some perspective, oh my gosh, um, only seven people were able to do it. And what I'm most proud of is how consistent I was able to maintain my times. I was no more than a minute or a minute and a half apart on all six of them. Um, and the conditions, as you know, um, being at these races are so wildly different. Um, we started off in Tokyo and it was a flashback to 2018 Boston for me. Uh, I don't like the, I love running in the rain, but I don't like pouring rain cold. I'm not sure anyone actually does, by the way. Um, but a couple of my good friends I'll give a shout out to. Uh, before the race, I was with Mark Tebby and David Fanfan, a friend from New York who runs with Central Park Track Club. And he was also there to get a six star. And they can attest, I just couldn't get warm. I was frozen, Lorna. I was frozen in the corrals and we're getting poured on. Who was I? Uh, <laughs> I yeah. <remember. laughs> oh, and let me tell you something, way more sympathy for you because you're not running the race, right? Um, and of course, in, in typical Ron fashion of doing something really dumb, I have like a rain slicker on and right before the race goes off, the avid people come over with the camera and they're filming me and David because they know we're going to get our six star. And I'm like, all right, David, that's enough. I got to wake up and get going. And I like hurl my rain jacket off. Brilliant move, Ron, pouring rainstorm. And I was okay for a huge chunk of the race, probably around 18, 19. And then the hypothermia set in just like it did in 2018, Boston. Um, and I stayed focused, was able to get to the line. And I think um, one of the things Marcus talked about when he earned his six star is you have this vision of what it's going to be like, right? You come across that line and you want to meet the avid people and you want to be in the video and you want it to be perfect. And then reality sets in. You're frozen. You're not even sure which way you're going. And um, you just get to the line. Um, but my little story there after Tokyo was, I just remember coming around the corner and you know how they greet you before they bring you into the tent to actually get the medal. And I'm not sure if I imagined this or dreamed this, but I think they sang to me in like Japanese. And it was like emotional for me. Like I was all like calm up to that point that I was just like, I kind of like lost it. I was like crying a little bit. And it like hit me that I finally actually done it and um, got in the tent and saw Michael Caparezo from New York Road Runners Club and a few other runners and, you know, that I didn't make it more than a block down the road to try to retrieve my clothes before I ended up getting wheeled off into the medical because I was just frozen, you know, blue-lipped and frozen. So that was Tokyo. And um, two weeks later, I bounced back at the New York City half and, and ran 128. So I really got 
got it together quickly. And then Boston, my son, who's uh, now just graduated college, uh, came to see me run a marathon for the first time since he was about eight. Um, and I'm not sure how much of that one he remembers, but he was out on the course in Boston with one of his good high school cross country teammates. And they met me at a few points. They met all my crazy running friends from around the world. And he was out there on the course. And um, that was my fastest of the six. I ran 313 in Boston. And then, you know, you shuttle off to London 13 days later. And uh, I think 316 London. And then I did a 15-mile ultra. My first ultra, like two weeks after London, or three weeks after London, you know, no break, you know, in the schedule. Wanted to stay fit. And then the back end um, came together beautifully. You know, Berlin, 315. Um, in another rainy day, but not cold. So totally enjoyed that rain and enjoyed uh, seeing friends from all over. And then Chicago was like 316, another great day, friends from all over and finished up in New York on my home turf, which is just amazing for me because I run through all the boroughs and all my teammates are around, all my friends are around and I've got people with signs out there. And um, I just missed breaking. Um, I just missed 316. I was like 317.01 or 317.02. But when I came across that line, Lauren, I was just like, I'm done. I did it. Like, wow. So you got your medal in Tokyo, but proceeded to run all of them for a second, if not um, more another time, so that you did all of them from March through to November. I mean, and, and New York, you know, was the last major that we had for, for the mass runners. So your consistency, Ron, is, is quite incredible. How do you stay that close to your target time on really varied courses as well? Um, I think I just, I, I'm a high mileage runner. Um, and I like to do long runs. They're like the teeth of my training, even when we're not training for anything like right now. So I'm long runs never come out of my program. I may not be running them hard, but I run them on trails. I run them on Hills or I run them on flats and, you know, maybe do speed in the, in their longer run. So I think it's a staple if for anybody listening, um, who's just trying to do the six star or run faster times, you know, you can't take long runs out of your rotation. They got to stay in there. Even now, if you're not building for a real race, you still need the volume of one longer run a week. You know, it could be, it doesn't have to be 22, 24, it can be 15 or 16 miles at this time of the year, but keeping it in there, um, kept me consistent. And that 50 mile run, um, my friend, uh, won the JFK 50 miler. And by the way, she ran 238 in Boston last year on the hot, hot year, um, that we all ran. She was like one place behind Sarah Hall. She was the one who talked me into it because she's uh, also, besides being a great marathon ultra, she's like, come on, you need to do an ultra. And I'm like, okay, I'll do an ultra. I got my rear end kicked out there, man. But, you know, I thought I blew up the back half of the year, Lorna. And for the people out there listening, you know what? Sometimes doing something crazy or pushing yourself like way further out there is not going to end in disaster. Sometimes you got to just like, you know, let it loose and let it fly and just like see where it all works. And I actually think it helped me for the back end of that, those three races, because in my mind, I was like, if I can do a 50 mile run with 10,500 feet of elevation, I can finish three more marathons in 35 days. Oh yeah. That, that's <laughs> probably easy in comparison. It's, it's like half the distance. That's amazing. Um, I want to just get a couple of quick fire answers from you just while we're talking about the majors and then we'll We'll move on. Now, I know that you and Marcus Brown, who was also on our show the other week, did a podcast talking through the majors. Um, but for those who've not heard it, I just want to get quick fire um, answers from you. So one word answers, Ron, your favorite major. Um, OK, can I say the year, not just the race itself? 
You can. I'll let you do that. Okay. 96 Boston, the 100th Boston. Your toughest major. 2018 Boston in the monsoon. Your slowest major. My very first, New York City. Uh, I ran 339 in 1993. I believe the year Fred LeBeau and um, uh, Greta Voigt ran together, had brain cancer. My first, that was my very first. What, what a start. Uh, the major you're most eager to run again. Without a doubt, Tokyo, because I'll earn my second six star. And one word to describe how you felt completing all six. Amazing. <laughs> Brilliant. So let's move forward. 2020 has obviously been challenging and unusual for everyone in the running community. But like you said before, you certainly have not stood still. Give us a recap of the year and share some of the amazing marathons that you've still been able to run. Well, as we all know, 2020 is the year we've been challenged to re-examine everything about uh, the world and how we treat other humans. And um, I was struggling mightily, Lorna, like most of us, uh, particularly here. We, you know, as the as it all f unfolded, China first, um, and then Italy, you know, took it so hard second, and I think Spain, you know, in terms of the, the chronology of how the pandemic laid out. And then New York, we just were obliterated. And um, being here, not living in the city anymore, but being there almost every single day and working in the healthcare technology space, seeing park space being dug up to be used for graves and watching refrigerated tractor trailer trucks roll up to hospitals to serve as temporary morgues. Um, this is the space I work in. I work in healthcare technology. I've got employees getting COVID. I've got doctors and nurses and people that work in that space who were just suffering from PTSD. And I was sitting here, you know, one of the business questions I ask of my team to ask executives are like, you know, what keeps you up at night? You know, what are you, what are you struggling? What's your biggest challenge? And I could not go to sleep at night until I started sending meals to frontline healthcare workers. I started sending bagels and pizza and just simple things, little notes, you know, hey, keep it up and stay in, stay in the fight, my hashtag. And, um, I noticed it was like the only part of the day that I really felt good about myself. You know, I'm alone, right? You have to be alone. You got to isolate yourself. I'm here with my beautiful dog. My son's off in Vermont at college. And um, when there's no more social running, which is the fabric of who I am is organizing runs and community stuff. So I just was really suffering with um, just malaise and maybe even a little depression, like what can I do? Um, so I decided that people know me for running all six in one year. They know me for that adventure and experience. And I said, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do a fundraising. I'm going to do a GoFundMe page and I'm going to run six marathons in six weeks. And you know what? A lot of people follow me. They, they actually care about this crazy guy and what he's doing. You know, who knows? Maybe I'll raise a few bucks. Like in my wildest dreams, I thought, you know, maybe I'd raise $500, $1,000, something like that. I raised $4,000 and I agreed upfront to match whatever I raised. So I had to put 4,000 of my own in. And uh, I was just really proud to deliver $8,000 in meals to frontline healthcare hospital workers all over New York, New Jersey, uh, Connecticut, Westchester. And I got so much more back out of that than, I, than they ever could. Um, but seeing their smiling faces or, or having them write me notes back or send a card back, um, it just really let me know that you know doing something for others is always a good thing to do. And then on the heels of that, you know, Black Lives Matter, you know, just all of these senseless, horrible murders started occurring where people are dying, you know, for no reason and causing, you know, 
people to want to get up and do something about it, you know, say something about it, take to the streets, protest. And I decided, I guess my streak of six isn't over. So um, I decided to continue running and I did four more until my body just couldn't handle anymore. So that was 10 in 10 weeks. And I raised money for them uh, for a color of change, an organization that's doing good things in the community. Um, I shared a ton of articles and um, news stories, and I've been doing podcasts and trying to get more people of color um, on my podcast to uh, share their stories and uh, you know focus on trying to make things more equal in the world. So that, um, that has kept me remarkably busy and uh, deeply fulfilled. You really are a true champion, Ron. That's hugely impressive. And I did see some of your journey and was baffled at how you could maintain that. But I think you had that that driving force. And I wanted to know, you know, aside from um, the work that you're doing to support the healthcare workers and championing the Black Lives Matters, who has inspired you over the years and maybe continues to inspire you, inspire you to keep doing what you're doing and to keep going? Oh, I love that one. Uh, it's my mom, Lorna. Always has been. Um, she's going to be 88 in September. Um, she's had lymphoma for nearly 30 years. Uh, she worked the same job for 45 years and retired at 87, uh, driving herself back and forth, you know, about 40 miles a day with her um, monthly, two times a month lymphoma treatments. Um, she's just such an old school, you know, powerful, strong woman. She's a tiny little Irish lady. Her eyes twinkle. Um, you want to be in that light of her eyes twinkling and her smile. And um, she's just the toughest and strongest person I've ever met. Nothing stops her. Uh, and that's it. Um, just always, she always challenged me and my brothers to, um, to be our best, to do our best. And whatever I did, she always felt like I could do more. And she, but in a, in a most positive way, not like, hey, you're not doing well enough or you're not getting the most out of life, but like, I know you can do more. And um, it's just, she's the person I always think of in my, in my toughest spots when I'm struggling or I'm really beat or I'm really tired. And two of those runs for Black Lives Matter were over 90 degrees. And I have to tell you, I was cooked in every way, Lorna. I was baked. And she was always the one I thought of when I was out there. Just like her motto in life is put one foot in front of the other. Does it get any more simple than that? So always my mom. She's she's taught you well, and that explains a lot. I can now see where you where you get your will and determination from. And um, what is next on your marathon journey, Ron? Um, well, I had dreamed, Lorna, of doing back to back um, Abbott slams. I was in all the races for 2020, which are all gone now, unless somehow miraculously London occurs and we get to do the age group championships. But I think we all know that that's a foregone conclusion that it won't happen. Um, and I'm just trying to advise people like, Hey, you know, don't let that just take away. Don't let that take away from, you know, what the purpose of your running really is like, figure that out, you know, find something like I've been able to find during this crisis that'll, that'll get you out of bed in the morning and give you a, like a real purpose, um, so that you feel good about it. Um, I would love in addition to, you know, getting my second six star in Tokyo, if that happens, um, I'd like to do them all in a row. Cause I don't, you know, Judy and some others researched it for me. I don't think anyone's ever done all of them in a row, two years in a row. So that was a big thing. Cause I love to try to do things first. And without a doubt, one thing that's on my mind is the seven continents in seven days. If I could ever figure out a way to pay for that excursion or maybe do some fundraising, try to hit the corporate world up, that would be pretty sweet. Yeah, you're you're not stopping. And so you said you've done 57. I mean, do you have a number in mind that you want to 
to reach or is it year by year, challenge by challenge? How does your mind work in those sort of terms? It's definitely year by year because for any of the listeners out there, I started very late. Um, You know, I was a a college division one baseball player in the state. So that's like the highest level of uh, competitiveness for our athletics here in the U.S. And um, I didn't start running until I was like 33, 34 years old. And um, so, you, you know, it's never too late to start, you know, building great fitness with running. Um, but you know, I just, I just don't really have a number. I mean, a hundred's cool. So yeah, that would be pretty sweet to get to a hundred. And I think I would have been easily like rolling cause it would have been the six this year, you know, God willing, if I'd stayed healthy and that would have been like 63 and, you know, you know, chipping away at it, but we'll see. It's, I, I, we all know none of this stuff is up to us. You know, it's up to a higher power. You know, I just going to keep, keep grinding, man, stay in the fight. My, uh, my saying and uh, just keep doing what I'm doing. I'm enjoying myself. You are, and you can see that. What's impressed you most um, during this time about the running community? And I mean, you interact with runners every day of your life. What has really kind of given you that that feel good um, from the runners? I think there's so many um, feel good things. Um, I had a, a guest on my show um, and his name is That Coffee Boy. And he wrote an independent film about racial inequality and the treatment of blacks um, in America. And he started organizing a run to protest uh, uh, event, monthly event that goes on in New York City. And, you know, it came about from his 21-year-old boy, you know, talking to him about, you know, police like killing black people and like not having an answer for him. Like, how could I explain this problem to him in a way that would make sense? And, you know, having, you know, had the chance to talk with him for a little over two hours, like we're chatting right now about just his life growing up his influence from his grandparents and his mom and um, what it's like to be black in America and struggling like with racism and to hear him have a chance to talk about, you know, some of the awful things that have happened that he's witnessed, but for him to take action for such a positive thing and rally a whole community. He talked the way we're talking right now in Zoom that he put the word out through Instagram, like, run to protest, all crews, one crew, meaning everybody, let's come together, let's run. When many people do things to protest, we're going to run. We run to protest. And he said 40 people, 30 people he expected, 800 people showed up. And um, it's just really gaining traction and it's really gaining attention. So for me, that was one thing personally that I got to have him on my podcast and that chat hasn't even dropped yet. That's one thing. For sure, um, he's making an impact and making people realize, you know, what's happening out there and getting people to pay attention. But there's so many runners out there, my God, doing amazing feats. I mean, like Mike Wardy, and every time I turn around, that guy's running and breaking some record and running 3,000 miles or um, other runners who are just regular people like me, you know, running like a marathon a week or doing all these other things. And But for the community, for something, for healthcare, um, for Black Lives Matter, for any other initiative that's going on. And I also do some work with um, American Cancer Society right now. So we're doing Determination Takes on the World, and we're trying to map the world with miles and raise money. Because you know how charities are affected right now, because Abbott obviously works closely in the Six Star Series. And so you know Virgin raises more money than anybody. And, you know, the loss of revenue for these charities is huge. Um, you know, Boston brings in so much money. London brings so much in so much money. Not to mention, of course, us all coming in from all over the world and staying in the hotels and spending the money and all that. So I think I'm moved by people 
who are willing to get off the sidelines. That's my big thing. I'm like, get off the sidelines, get up off your couch, stop complaining about how tough everything is and how you want everything to go back to normal. Well, do something, find something where you can actually invest your time and make a difference. Yeah, I think that's that's so true. I think the power of running is is so much more than a solo endeavor. And you and many others are showing that, that it can really be more than just a fitness play. It's it's it can have a real impact on on society. And it's fantastic to see that you're really driving that and encouraging others to do the same. And people just running in general, I'm sure you've probably seen a, a, a high uptake of people just lacing up their shoes for the first time in your neighborhood. No question. And I think nothing could make me happier as a human seeing that people realize that there is value in exercise. And, you know, like I, it's how I sign up for my show, like lace them up, keep getting out there. How many days, Lorna, have we all had where we felt like the world was just crushing us personally? It's not against everybody else. It's just on you. You know, you know, you're not getting along with your husband, your wife, your friend, a business partner, whatever it might be. And you just feel like things are going against you. How many of those days did you just do the simple act of putting your sneakers on and I say, lease them up and get out the door? It could be a pouring rainstorm. I ran in 14 miles yesterday in humidity for this amazing guy, Tommy Ribs, um, who's just this amazing ultra runner. And you know, if you do any research on him, this guy is just amazing. I mean, he runs ultras all over the world. He's run Boston crazy fast. And you know, they're not saying if he has corona, but he has you know, definitely something like that. And you know, he's in really, really bad straits. And the running community, it just shows you the power. Every day, people are doing runs for him and posting it. You know, his hashtag is like Rage On and and Team Ribs and all these great hashtags. And you just see that kind of stuff. That's inspiring to me, that people are just aware of others beyond themselves. Um, And yeah, new runners, we want them. Come on in. We want you. We're we're happy to have you. Um, I always take people on that, that... lay that nonsense out about somebody doesn't count as a real runner because they didn't finish in this time. You know what? Uh Uh-uh. Don't play that game with me. I don't care. I know I finished a couple of those at a little over four hours. Those things were painful. Okay. I couldn't imagine being out there for five or six or seven hours. I applaud those people. So anybody listening, if you're consider yourself slower and you feel like people don't give you the respect you deserve, I give you the respect. So good job. Anybody out there, you start small, you could be doing a 5K before you know it. You'll be out here hanging out with me and Lorna, doing the Avid Six Star Series, earning a big medal. So it starts small and then you build your way up. Absolutely. And and like you said, your mantra is very much stay in the fight. So before I let you go, not only do we need to talk about your attire this morning, (laughs) I'd love you to give us a little um, showcase of your room and point out some of your lovely medals and little uh, quirky things there in the background and on your desk. Oh, absolutely. Well, it's it's, um, our pride and joy. Um, And, you know, just uh, there's no way I could close out the segment without talking about the power of Abbott and the series itself. And how deeply meaningful it is, because I've always been a person in life who tried to achieve the difficult things or shoot for the really hard things. But the symbol of that medal and what it means to to accomplish that goal and finish that goal and come across that last line and actually complete you know, this journey around the world, because it is around the world, it's all those miles and how difficult it is to get into these races. It's not just being fit enough to run them. It's being just to get into the race, whether it's through a charity bid or you've earned it with the time. 
Um, and then so there's this whole cottage industry that sprung up around the awards that you all generate. And I've got my Abbott Six Star Amazing Coffee Mug, which I love. I have my my uh, favorite drinking glass right here, my pint glass right here, the Abbott Six Star Pint Glass. I like that you're hydrating. That's, that's yes, good. of course. And that's Fresh Squeeze OJ. And then I have this little baby right here, which is for hot and cold, for wine. I or need to get that. Hot. I like that. Yeah. One of my close friends had this made for me. Um, this is literally amazing. Look at how tiny. These are pictures of me crossing at all six. It has all my times from last year's six. And it has, these are official. So these are logos. Um, of course, I'm blanking on the company who, who actually made it. Um, but I could, if you were to reach out to me and ask me, I could send you the information because that's just a couple of them. And then behind me on the big wall is my, that's yeah. my six star wall with a picture from each race. And a, a dear friend of mine, uh, Tim Schmidt, a running buddy, made that stay in the fight sign for me. And that will always be one of my most treasured uh, running items. So um, friend, another friend, uh, Darcy, uh, from Texas made, um, trying to think which company makes it, but it's a map. It's an actual map of the six races. And then underneath it has your times and your name. And she made this um, beautiful um you know, memorabilia for me. And, you know, that's what the running community is doing those kind of things. That's what makes, you know, that's what gets me out of bed in the morning, you know, and doing those kind of things for friends in reverse when they, um, when they achieve something big or hit a milestone. Yeah. The community spirit is amazing. And you've really done a great job at bringing a lot of people together and thank you for letting us into your home to see some of your, your memorabilia and sharing your stories. And it's been fantastic to, to hear about that journey and obviously that your journey has no uh, signs of stopping anytime soon and we will see you I'm sure for round two and maybe more Ron if you um, keep going. Oh most definitely and uh, remember you and Tim are slated to come on my podcast too because and we'll wait until the beautiful moment when we're all able to gather safely again and and we'll talk about all things when I get to turn the mic back on you guys and ask the questions about the six star series and where we're going and maybe where the seventh race might be in Wanda age group world championships and all that other great stuff. So yeah, excited. Everybody keep grinding out there and stay in the fight. And I was going to let you have the final word. So, so there you go. Let's, let's wrap up this show in the way that you would wrap up your podcast, Ron. I'm going to let you close this one for us. I would just say to everybody, lace them up, keep lacing them up, peace out. And always remember to stay in the fight. You're wonderful. Thank you, Ron, for taking the time to chat to us. And we will see you out there soon. Thank you so much for having me on, Lorna.